Hello Spectrumites and other people, my name is Forrest and welcome to episode 15 of the Pancake King, Life and Marriage on the Spectrum. In this podcast I'm going to give you insights on the autism spectrum, break down some of the myths surrounding it, tell you stories about my experiences on the spectrum as well as the marriage I have with someone else on the spectrum, and allow you to have a window into my life through conversations with friends and family. Most importantly, I hope you learn something from this series as well as have fun listening to it. So in this episode, I sat down with my wife's parents to talk about their experiences, learning how to raise a daughter on the spectrum, and what they learned while doing it. What were some of their favorite memories? What resources did they dig into? We get into this and more. It also just so happens that I recorded this episode in my in-law's basement, where KG and I had spent a lot of time together back when we were just dating, so it was a really great time to do the episode there. And with all that, let's jump into it. Okay, so today I'm with um, KG's parents, Mr. and Mrs. V. What's up, Mrs. V? Hey, what's up? I'm not good at intros. Uh, What's up, Mr. V? (laughs) The nice thing about uh, recording is you can redo them as often as you want to. Yeah, that's very true. Yeah, I just thought it'd be kind of fun to, if you guys are willing, to maybe share some stories as to what it was like to... Um, you know, raise KG is someone that you knew was on the autism spectrum pretty early on. Um, like I've mentioned in previous episodes, I was diagnosed when I was 20. So mm-hmm. my parents, when they come up with uh, stories and how they uh, might be connected to my autism as a kid, it's mostly, um, well, that could have been, you know, uh, autism related. Uh, but in this case, it's like you guys were, uh, would probably think, pretty sure it was. <laughs> I don't know, like, what What are some of your earliest memories, maybe shortly after she got diagnosed? Like, what What was the transition like? I'm not sure this was after diagnosis or before, but I just remember us asking her teachers, because we, we would notice different things. Uh, she liked to go off on her own. Um, and so we would ask her teachers during parent-teacher conferences, hey, how is... How is KG doing, you know, at recess, in class? And most of the time, the teachers were, they thought that she was doing just fine. And so we we just dismissed it. Uh, well, that, that's just KG. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> but then after diagnosis and then looking back, we had an explanation as to why she did those certain things. and. One thing I remember, and I I believe this was before diagnosis, one story that I like to tell people is I asked her one day, because it was garbage day, and I said, KG, I need you to um, go get all of the garbage so that we can take it out. And you looked at me kind of strange and said, okay, and disappeared upstairs for probably 10 minutes. You came down empty-handed <laughs> and said, Mom, what did you mean by all the garbage? And so I had to explain step-by-step step what I needed her to do. You need to go upstairs. You need to go to the bathroom, get the garbage out of the bathroom, go to all the bedrooms, get the garbage out of all of the bedrooms, bring all of that downstairs so that we can take it out for garbage day. Oh, that was a clue that she's very literal and needed 
you know, a longer explanation or a more detailed explanation of what I meant by that. <laughs> it reminds me of, uh, it actually reminds me of some stand-up comedy segment I watched when I was younger. And I know that, I know that the, the name of this guy isn't very popular these days, but Bill Cosby, yes. you know, had a, a funny story about trying to tell his kids how to take baths and, you know, and get ready for uh, bed and everything. And um, he mentioned, like, Take off all of your clothes, yes. get into the bathtub, take your bath, get out of the bathtub, put your pajamas on, and go to bed. And, of course, since he didn't uh, say dry off, they came out soaking wet in their pajamas. So uh, that, that was a skit I remember, and uh, it sounds pretty close to very that, similar, I think. Very, very similar. His his book on fatherhood is actually really good. Oh, is it really? Yeah, it's um, good. It's humorous, and it's also really good. Nice, nice. I wanted to bring up some things. Um, I'm sure you know that girls on the spectrum aren't diagnosed as often as boys on the spectrum. Mm -hmm. So whether that's simply because it's just not as noticeable in females as it is in males, or it's simply that parents just don't get that don't get their daughters diagnosed. But was it hard finding material about how to raise a daughter on the spectrum rather than a son on the spectrum? Because most of the books I've seen have been mostly about boys on the spectrum. I don't think we had any trouble. I remember finding a book about a girl on the autism spectrum in middle school, uh, middle school yeah, that we gave you to read. I remember that. Yeah. Um, and then there was always Temple Grandin mm -hmm. that we got a lot of information from and that you idolized. You just thought the, the world of her. So <clears throat> I didn't think it was difficult. I think they were just coming out with more things for girls at that time. Mm -hmm. oh, yeah, I mean, I think that, and I could be wrong about this, but I think that usually there's more aggressive behavior in in boys than there, uh, than there is in girls related to autism, so maybe that's why it's discovered sooner, whereas like, you know, with you, it was just um, maybe some social awkwardness but there was never any of the kind of lashing out that at least stories of autism that I've read about boys, usually there's that kind of component, mm -hmm. or it exists at least more in boys than girls. Yeah, yeah I agree. And um, so <clears throat> I, I thought it was kind of funny because when KG and I um looked at each other's like diagnosis reports i think mine lasted like maybe 25 pages long it took a little bit for kg to read and then hers was like maybe six or seven pages and i like to joke that that's because i have more problems than her <laughs> um but i mean was that because that was you know so long ago you know when i was diagnosed it was 2015 you know um maybe they just had more info on it and when she was diagnosed that was still that was when they were still using the term aspergers right correct yep so and when i was diagnosed at that point they were using high functioning autism so maybe there might have been some evolution in just kind of well you were also um, you also you got the adult test i got the child test that's true well i think it also depends on who's who's administering the evaluation as well. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You know, like, are they actually finding more? Or they Do they just know more? I mean, was it overwhelming for you? Like, maybe in a sense overwhelming for you guys when you got the report? Was it, like, too much info as far as you were concerned? Or was it pretty digestible, like, easily? I think it was relieving. 
Oh, well, sure. Yeah, Absolutely. I, yeah. I did not feel overwhelmed and I, I didn't feel like, oh my gosh, I can't believe we just found this out. It was more <laughs> yeah. of like, it was, it was a relief and um, I felt like it explained her so much better. And then, you know, we could figure out what we could do to help her. Yeah, I mean, it was eye-opening in the sense that the realization that, okay, these things that were frustrating us in the past where we couldn't figure out why KG wasn't responding to certain forms of discipline or seemingly ignoring us on certain things, Mm -hmm. after the diagnosis, it was like, oh, (laughs) she speaks a different language, and we need to learn a new language so that we can communicate in a new way. Um, and then, you know, there was the conversation that we had to have about, okay, we always knew that we were going to tell her about it, mm-hmm. but, you know, how do you explain it? And I mean, my recollection is that you actually received it pretty well. Yeah, I, I thought it was, I thought it went over pretty smoothly. And it mm-hmm. really was kind of a, a journey from that point of KG realizing okay, you've been diagnosed with this thing, but that doesn't give you a pass. You still have some work that you need to do, and we have work that we need to do. So you need to try to understand the neurotypical perspective on things, and we need to try to understand her perspective on things. And then it was able to, I mean, it was still challenging, but Mm -hmm. at least we we had a roadmap, something that, you know, made sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's interesting that you bring up that point that, um, you know, KG had her own responsibilities and, and you two um, would have your own responsibilities. And it kind of just emphasizes the fact that people on the autism spectrum, you know, though they obviously they have their, their different like symptoms or different things that they have to kind of like work on or, um, or figure out how to live with, it, it still doesn't shy away from the fact that, you know, autistic people still have a responsibility to learn, you know, how to work with, you know, the things that are holding them back rather than just accepting them as realities and letting them take them, uh, letting them take them wherever they take them. Right. You know, um, did you have something to say? Well, I was just going to say we got her into therapy right away, too. We found a gal that um Connie was her name? Yes. Yeah. She specifically worked with girls on the spectrum. Um and what I appreciated about it was um being able to be in on the sessions mm-hmm. with her so that number 1 I knew what she was working on, number 2 what she needed to work on, <laughs> number 3 what I could do to help her. So in a previous episode, I um, interviewed my friend Blade about uh, his process in um, getting the proper kind of education he needed after his uh, diagnosis. Was was that a pretty smooth transition for you guys? Did you guys have any problems or any obstacles in trying to get the, you know, the proper education or maybe the proper funding? I don't know what you guys had to do exactly, but I was curious if you can maybe elaborate on that. You guys did like a whole presentation at my private school about it because it was such it was still a new thing. Yeah, and I mean that so that's maybe a, a different subject too, but I mean we we felt that the administration at that school was not properly equipped to handle somebody in your situation um at that school. But in terms of getting educated, 
once I get interested in trying to understand something, it's not difficult for me to find educational <laughs> materials. And so, I mean, we really did do a deep dive into understanding what Asperger's is. And, mm-hmm. you know, I don't remember the titles off the top of my head at this point, but the the top names that were authoring books at that time, I mean, we, we still have them on our bookshelf. Mm-hmm. Um, and so some of those, you know, I read, um, Lee read some of them, and then the ones that were more age-appropriate that we felt like um, KG would be able to make sense of, you know, we we had her read some things too. So mm-hmm. it, it, I don't think any of it was ever overwhelming. I mean, it was mm-hmm. just like, okay, this is this is the journey. Right, and I think one of your questions, or maybe what you were leaning towards, was <clears throat> the educational system. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We so um like Eric said, the the school that she was going to at the time really was not equipped for someone like her. Mm-hmm. Um but then once she went into public high school, we did talk to her counselor about that, um, and just thinking, okay, does she really need any extra help? Mm-hmm. Uh, as far as, you know, whatever yeah Uh, and kg just kind of wanted to blend in she Mm -hmm. did not want to be singled out as anybody that had anything going on yeah her grandma mentioned that yeah Yeah. Mm -hmm. so it was just it was really important to her to just be just one another student at that school well and that was where she was a relatively smaller private school what so really what happens right okay she's she started going to that school what kindergarten no in preschool preschool all right so preschool well you know those early years you don't really notice social awkwardness that much Mm -hmm. as compared to the peers okay but as the kids started to grow up and, and get older they started to pick up on some of the social awkwardness of KG where maybe it seemed like they were maturing at a faster rate and it just seemed like um, it reached a point where she was not receiving the type of grace and understanding that she would have expected in this type of school. Mm -hmm. But then going to a public school that has 2,000 kids, Yeah. Like, there are a lot of really awkward kids, <laughs> all right, teenagers, when yeah. you've got 2,000 teenagers in one school. Right. And so, you know, where there may have been some social awkwardness, I mean, I don't know that anybody that you went to school with, unless you specifically told them. I didn't actually, tell anybody. Yeah. So, um, and you had some good friends yeah. there at the school. Um, but what was really nice is, yes, the counselors were accommodating there and you know one of the issues that kg did have was just needing a break from the noise Mm. and so instead of having to eat in the noisy cafeteria she was able to excuse herself and go eat somewhere else that's really the only major accommodation i can think of that was even asked for yeah well that i think was at the private yeah that was at the private school that but Mm -hmm. in in high school you ate your food as fast as you possibly could, <laughs> and you had a permanent pass to the library as soon as you were done, and yeah. that was her quiet place. Right. Well, okay, so I guess I didn't remember that started at the private school, but 
that was noticed by everybody at the private school, right? right? Because it's a small school, so why does she get this special treatment? Right. Whereas, you know, again, at the large public school, nobody, nobody cares. Nobody notices or cares. Nope. Yeah. <clears throat> right, and right. And that was important to PG. Oh, I'm, yeah, I'm sure. Um, so just to sort of like um, kind of go around the corner to do like the final stretch of this episode, mm-hmm. uh, I was just curious. I guess when I came in, this, I don't know, this awkward autistic guy who had just been diagnosed like mere months ago. You know, was that weird to you guys? Like, a kind of this, oh, this awkward autistic guy just walks into KG's life and des- and decides, hey, I'm, I think we're, I'm, I'm gonna date your daughter. Like, I don't know, what was that like? I was just curious. Um, I, we didn't think anything odd about it. We were, we were very excited for KG. Um, you know. Finding someone that uh, she could relate to. When you two got together, all you did was just talk. And, <laughs> and she, that was not typical for her to be able to sit and just have a great conversation with someone. And you two had so much in common well, that you just talked and talked and talked and talked and I talked. Think, I think Forrest brought it up, maybe not in an episode, but in a Substack article. It's just autistic people like it when they, they're listened to. And especially stuff, especially when people listen to stuff about what they're interested in. Right. And I guess maybe by that point, I just hadn't met someone I could really, who really was willing, not, not putting you guys down at all. Right. Who could really listen to me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I, I can't emphasize enough that, uh, like, I'm not trying to, like, make the last half, like, just shower with me with compliments. I was just <laughs> genuinely curious what... You know, I don't know what that scenario looks like. Because I don't know what it's like, you know, I've never been a parent. I'm sure that when I am a parent, like, KG and I are 100% confident that our kids are going to be autistic. We don't know how that could be possible that they won't be. And if they aren't, then we have a lot on our hands (laughs) to deal with. Because it's going to be the inverse, right? You know, it's going to be the inverse. How do we as autistic parents raise neurotypical children? We we don't know. But I I was just curious what that, like, perspective was. Well, we were were happy. This is probably a a longer story. I don't know how much time we have. but that's okay. we, We were not... We were not looking necessarily to make a church change when we started going to Mercy. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, but all along, right, you, you pray for your kids. You pray for your, your kids and their, their future spouses and God's, mm-hmm. God's plan and guidance in their lives. And so, you know, just happenstance, we, you know, we end up coming to Mercy. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, I'm sure you two remember, we went to this game night. Yes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We only wanted to stay for an hour, remember? KG and I, are, we're, we're driving there, and we're literally having this conversation about, I don't know if I really want to go. Was it an hour? I thought it was maybe 45 minutes. Maybe, four, maybe we'd be like 45 <laughs> minutes to an hour. That was yeah. appropriate. And yeah, I think that we, we agreed to give it 45 minutes, and then, and then if we needed to make an out, we'd find a way to make an out, right? But, but we got together with the Bazats, right? And I think... I think KG was with us. I wasn't there. You guys told me about this later. Okay. I don't know. It, at mm-hmm. some point, and I think it preceded the game night, mm-hmm. 
I just remember thinking, hey, that'd be super cool if, you know, Bazat's son and, and our daughter hit it off. I just remember thinking that'd be super cool. And I, you know, I didn't have any reason to, I don't think you and I had really interacted or anything like that much Barely, pri yeah. prior to Barely. that. So I don't know, it was just kind of a, I guess a random and odd thought to pop into my head. And so then we go to this game night. I'm not thinking like, you know, wedding bells. At this point, I'm just thinking it would be super cool if KG, you know, and, and you hit it off because it would just be super cool for her to find somebody that she could connect with. Mm -hmm. And obviously you connected. <laughs> yeah, right. right. And so it's a long-winded way of saying we didn't look at it and go, oh, what's going on? What do you think of this forest kid? It <laughs> <laughs> wasn't that. It was just like... um I just I firmly believe that there was that God's providence was was present and so I mean we were just we were happy. Okay. Yeah, we um so I mean that's pretty much uh, all I've got. It was it was great though, really, you know, kind of getting your guys' insight on this and um learning what that's like cuz I try to get different perspectives, you know, throughout this show. It's like and and I like kind of getting really like nitty gritty with the details. It's like, what about a a mother with an autistic son or, you know, parents mm -hmm. with an autistic daughter or, you know, what about a, someone who's older on the spectrum and stuff like that. So it's just, it was really nice to be able to, you know, sit down uh, with you guys and, and talk about this. And I know that, um, I, I know that you guys, um, I've been wanting to have you on the show for quite a while. So mm -hmm. I'm really glad that I finally got this opportunity. Yeah, us too. Right. This was good. Yeah, well, thank you guys for being on here, and um, thank you uh, for, you know, just following along the show. It's been nice to have you guys' support. Yeah, thanks for having us. Have questions about the topics I've covered or the conversations I've had? Want to provide suggestions for autism-related topics I can cover? Email me at vanzotmedia at gmail.com. That's V-A-N-Z-O-T media at gmail.com, and I'll consider your suggestions. Hey guys, if you haven't already, subscribe to this podcast, write a review to help the show grow, and subscribe to my Substack at thepancakeking.substack.com to receive updates on new podcast episodes, a new blog post every Saturday, and other content I may put out. You can also check out the entertainment me, KG, and my friends make together on our YouTube channel, Vanzot Productions. Thank you for listening, and we'll see you next time.